0: I just withdrew, like, I went from being a very outgoing guy to the first few years being very withdrawn, being, like, I wouldn't, I'd say no to dinners, because I was scared of eating food that I wasn't in control of. Yeah. I was also scared of being outside of my comfort zone, like, <laughs> away from my toilet, as it were. Yeah, you know, it yeah. Terrifying. Um, yeah. And it plays a huge role, I feel like, especially, like, for, if you think of the most part, most people develop it in their late teens. Mm. that's one of the most you know sexual you know moments of your life like that's when you're starting to have fun well it wasn't for me, mate, fun. But, well, well, yeah, glad d- for some you people you develop late right. <laughs> you're gorgeous now it's all right although you're married so sucks for you i messed um, that one up didn't i but, uh, <laughs> oh, welcome to the podcast with your host
1: lauren <coughs> Oh, sorry, (laughs) something in my throat. throat) Oh, that's better. Yes, welcome to my podcast, Walk With Lawrence, the podcast where I walk and talk with some wonderful human beings. Some of them will be my friends. Some of them will be people I've just met. Either way, it's going to be a scrumptiously delightful conversation that I hope you get a lot from. I hope you have some laughs. I hope you have some tears, a whole range of emotions. Either way, I hope you enjoy it, and I love you very much, and thank you very much. Here's the podcast. (sighs) Okay, this week's guest is a colleague of mine at the gym. The guy. what the hell's a Gyme? It's the gym, it's where we work out. Uh, we've bonded for many reasons, but mainly from when he covered some of my classes here and ended up meeting his long term girlfriend in the process. I mean, I'm basically Scylla Black, so uh, he's covered from head to toe in tattoos. In fact, actually, you're my only mate with a tattooed skull, I just thought. Anyway, interesting fact there. Um, and he wears jumpers to work like the one he's wearing right now that simply says, fuck off. Which I think is brilliant, by the way. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second, to your fashion sense. Um, the classes he takes, the classes he takes are amongst some of the most energetic I've seen. He really does lead from the front, literally. He's not just taking a class, he's at the front leading it hard, hard, hard. This is a man who goes 100%, it seems, in most things he does. Oy, oy. And... <laughs> He's living and training every day with Crohn's disease, which is what we are going to be talking about today. So introducing to you all Mr. Chris Barker. Thank you very much, Lawrence. What an intro. I mean I know, very, if I don't say very, so myself.
0: It's very touching.
1: Touching. i yeah. will give you touching.
0: I'd like to I'd like to point out that um Scylla Black is not based <laughs> on just her pure laziness to turn up to work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm quite chuffed-like about this because
1: when you do get married and I'm your best man and you're, you know, getting ready to... To inter- be confirmed. To, yeah, to be <laughs> confirmed. We've got some work to go, but this maybe is part of that journey. Uh, and then I get all the praise for setting you up. Anyway,
0: you know, I yeah, thought... Was- uh, there, will be, there will be a note to you, you know, thanking <laughs> you for missing <laughs> that class.
1: Yes. Because you're off
0: gallivanting naked somewhere.
1: Gallivanting naked. I only do that for half a living. Um, Yeah, so basically today we're going to be discussing Crohn's disease, what is it, how much it impacts life and how to continue living life to the full with it. Um, So if you have the conditioning, conditioning, if you have the condition or if you know someone living with it and want to understand it better, then this episode is for you. So, Chris, uh, this is obviously a, it's a punchy episode, 30, 40 minutes. People are listening to this on their commute now. They've got someone's sweaty armpit in their face, but they're just, they're, so, they're loving life. They're so happy because they've got Lawrence and Chris on the other end. I'm going to ask you some important questions. Are you ready? Hit me. Okay. First question. Why do you wear a jumper to work that simply says, fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a high-class Chelsea I gin. this was
0: about Crohn's.
1: Um... <laughs> see, I keep you guessing. So Talk me through your attire right now.
0: My attire right now. <laughs> well, the jumper does, as you say, say fuck off. It says um, nothing else. It just says fuck off across your chest. You know what, bring... this is from a, like a, a lady's website. So what does that say <laughs> about the state of our society
1: today? <laughs> oh, I see. So this is this is women are buying I think this. this
0: is from like Misguided or Pretty Little Thing or something.
1: This is um, women are buying this to tell men to fuck off because men generally are being so Frustrating and toxic masculinity and all the crap that they've had to endure. Is this what you're saying? I don't, you, I don't want to read no, it. No, no don't no, go too to deep. I, you <laughs> know,
0: I didn't. You know, I was just just checking that you. Did. I just saw it and was like, okay. I appreciate that. Okay, well, I like it. I don't like small talk, so. and it's it's great that it fits you perfectly as well. Well, I mean, I went extra large. So. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: okay, um, second non Crohn's disease related question, just yes. to warm you up. Um, you have and this is in the same theme with your fashion sense. Yes. You do have the most unique PT attire I have seen. <laughs> <laughs> Often coaching clients wearing a flat cap, John Lennon style sunglasses and a vest indoors in, you know, can the I, summer I, in I, December. December. Talk yeah. us through yeah. your inspiration.
0: The sunglasses <laughs> Was because I had a, like a lacerated cornea, oh. and my eye was like light sensitive. Now right? I feel it now I feel bad. It, it wasn't purely fashion. Oh I no, think.
1: you got in a fight, didn't you? You turned up to work and then you had a bit. Of, yeah, I remember oh, this. Oh yeah. yeah, my
0: life is always full of lacerated corneas. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, but yes, my fashion sense is uh, like sort of what well, the. Top says, "Fuck off!" Like, you know, yeah. do what I want.
1: No, but this is what I love. Um,
0: you, you are a bit of rather a rebel. than head to toe in one brand. Yes, I, I shall sure remain nameless uh, yeah. for copyright reasons. I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm a classic kind of guy. I'm traditional. I like when I when I come to work, I dress all in black, and it's kind of fitted, premium, athletic wear, leisure wear, well, which, which 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 is very safe. But I love the fact that you actually want to express yourself differently, and you do have a slightly rebellious streak. Uh, I think it's cool. It's really, really cool. I think also,
0: like, in a way, it's marketing, like, because obviously the person who wants traditional handsome would go to Lawrence because he's dressed all in black and, as he said, fitted and, you know, very plain and generic. (laughs) You know, unthreatening. Plain And and genetic. someone who... Generic. <laughs> sorry, sorry <laughs> genetic. I'm definitely genetic. You are genetic. We're all a little bit genetic. Genetically gorgeous. <laughs> um, and then someone who, I don't know, like some people obviously aren't want, scared off by yeah. my, my attire. and they're like, I feel like I actually get on really well with all my clients. So it clearly attracts the right people to me.
1: I, I think it's great. And I think that clearly there's certain people that, uh, as you say, they want someone who has got A little bit something different to offer, a little bit of character. And when you walk into the gym and you see Chris Barker doing his thing, you scream character, you scream different, and I fricking love it. So well done. Well, thank you, Doris. All right, should let's get down to the serious business now. Um, So Crohn's disease. Yes. Uh, I. Think I know a little bit about it, but I don't know a lot about it. I don't know how much I don't know about it because I don't really know much about it. Does that make sense? <laughs> that, was, that was a very long-winded way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it and how does it affect you?
0: Well, Crohn's disease is a... Sorry, could
1: you enunciate a little bit better,
0: Chris? Fuck Stop. you, you <laughs> like my mother. <laughs> uh, Crohn's disease... This is better, yeah. Um, is... Uh, inflammatory bowel disease so um ibd is what it's short for not to be mistaken with ibs which is obviously um a slightly like lighter version of said bowel problems yeah um it's a sort of autoimmune response by the body so where the body attacks itself causing inflammation obviously as the name suggests it's in your sort of bowel vicinity um, so it can affect anywhere from the mouth to the anus but it's usually in your digestive tract predominantly the lower the small to large intestine is where it will affect. It varies person to person. So,
1: and in terms of the varying from person to person, are there set foods that will always trigger it, or will the foods vary from person to person?
0: No. Again, there's no
1: like blueprint to it. So, because I always thought gluten was a big no no for anyone with Crohn's disease. Is that not necessarily true? It's not
0: necessarily the case. I mean, it's probably a good one to avoid, but okay. it doesn't necessarily mean it's a no no for everyone. Like, there's no, there's no blueprint. Okay. So okay. It, when I first got it. The best thing was, um, you know, exclusion diet of taking everything out and then slowly adding things back in to learn what my body would accept. Because it was very strange. I went from a point of, you know, enjoying hamburgers and cheese and, you know, a relaxed diet to suddenly being like, if I eat cheese, I will shit myself sort of
1: thing so this is a my next question to you in that case because i was just training my client beforehand and i was thinking about you as i often do watching you from across Ooh. the gym floor and i was thinking crohn's disease. <laughs> crohn's disease is it something that can arrive at any point in life is it genetically pre-programmed um how, how so how old are you when it when you first got diagnosed and what what is that situation in terms of do you develop it
0: so i i was diagnosed around this the you know the most common time for people to get crohn's which is your late Teenage years. I was nineteen. Okay. Um, so twenty five years ago, can develop at any time. There are children with Crohn's disease. <laughs> Fuck you. Sorry, <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I was trying to be. <laughs> sorry, you know, sorry, 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 um, sorry. There are there are Crohn's with uh, there are Crohn's with kids. Uh, there are kids with Crohn's. <laughs> okay. Um, and then obviously adults develop it as well. So there's no the the problem with Crohn's is a lot is not known as well. So you don't like, know why it can you develop it at any time. Okay. The causes aren't necessarily known some people say it can be through genetics some people say you can have an illness that then causes it like a bad bout of food poisoning or something like that could trigger it so Um, okay so now this is
1: painting a picture for me because I did not know any of this and so basically this this podcast is is potentially you know it's an interesting topic for anyone regardless whether they have Crohn's disease or not because it there is so much unknown about it there is potential for people to
0: develop it so i think it's also like becoming more common everyone is starting to have digestive issues with something or another like since i got like i got it over 10 years ago now um yeah and a lot less was known back then but then there was also a lot less i feel like now if you took a group of 10 people you would probably get at least half of them probably would say they had some form of ibs yeah where if you asked me 10 years ago maybe one person would have had been like oh i can't eat dairy or something like that yeah so it's it's really come on in the sense of i feel like more and more is adding to people's digestive problems
1: yeah and there's more um research being done about the digestion the digestive tract link with the brain and so on vice and you know what triggers IBS and is it always Uh, can it be for instance emotionally based as much as it can it be triggered by certain food groups or nutrients and so on all these kind of question marks which are being kind of thrown out a little bit and then on the other side of that you have the um the link with your gut health and your mental wellness because of uh serotonin Serotonin is being developed in the gut so is this why Manson's
0: research. Yeah, thank you. Well again,
1: these are all I know that there's still research being done about this, and so I don't know enough well, we about it. We are
0: learning a lot more in the sense of the importance of your your gut health to the health of your entire body. Yeah. So your microflora or whatever it's called, the gut bacteria, yeah. has a large role on your entire health, like your entire system. And we're only starting to learn more about the, the role of this bacteria on the rest of your mm. physical wellness. But obviously, as you mentioned as well, mental wellness, because yeah. is serotonin your happy hormone is produced in the stomach? W- what
1: is the stat? I, again, I, it's like 80%, 90%. Yeah, same, it's something, something
0: like, yeah, it's...
1: Oh, so, I can't remember it off so the top it's saying, of my head. So there's this potentially research then s- suggesting potentially that um, the health of your gut and what you eat and the, et cetera can... Massively influence your mental state of mind.
0: Yeah, if you're, if say I can't remember the stat, but it's like eighty percent of your serotonin is produced in your gut. If you've got a faulty gut like me, it's very likely that your serotonin levels are low. So, does do you, do you find levels, that?
1: Do you find it your mood? Oh
0: yeah, I suffered from really bad depression when I first got it, um, and I do have like, um, you know, I've seen quite a lot of doctors about it, um, about serotonin levels and all this it's quite a hard thing to measure for. But yeah. they, um, you, you get days where you'll just be, it's like, it's almost like you feel hollow, like you're sad. Mm-hmm. And like, to be honest, I'm very happy in life. I love my job. love my missus. You know, love my family. You've like, got I'm, a good life. I've I'm, got I'm, I'm happy days. But there'll be days where you're just like, for no apparent reason, you just can't get out of this, like, yeah. black mist of, like, and you just feel really down. And you're like, I try and rationalise it. i might like, I have no reason to feel yeah, like this. okay. But it's just like, you know that the serotonin is just crashing at that point. So do you think that perhaps potentially
1: living with Crohn's, you might be more prone to experience days like that than someone who has? Oh, 100%. Okay, interesting. The link
0: between like depression and uh, autoimmune diseases is, is real. Um, okay. But it was interesting. One of the... I saw a, I saw a therapist who actually explained that it was quite' it was quite interesting to see how much I exercised as I had almost like without knowing it started to try and replace my serotonin with endorphins
1: Ah uh, yes, so yes. the more I
0: exercised, the better I felt through that release of endorphins, so uh, I was almost unknowingly trying to replace
1: serotonin. This makes sense to me now because you do train a lot for someone who again you coach in the gym but when as I said before in the intro when you coach you you get stuck in as well you're, yeah I do my all... classes
0: as well as my own training
1: you're it's... literally beasting yourself and yeah. you leave in front and everyone's like wow is that is that part of your way of, of um, levelling your, your mood that, as you say that en- endorphin release because I... of your serotonin levels I think like
0: I think unknowingly yes in some ways like I feel so much better when I'm exercising and I do probably exercise more than like your average personal trainer I will train probably three times a day yeah this is what I've noticed it's probably quite a bit of cardio Um, and I do find the increase in cardio usually helps uh, with digestion like mechanically so I just do that anyway Uh, but it also just helps my head Um, so like in the classes when you say mechanically as well just there's so much good stuff here
1: Um, so is that in terms of your metabolic rates? Uh,
0: yes um, like in terms of if you take away maybe like the really high intensity training which isn't the most beneficial mechanically for digestion Mm. um slow and steady cardio is actually quite good it promotes like blood flow um and it helps in the actual like act of your body promoting digestion so yeah 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 um there have been links you know shown that like digestive health and like slower state cardio yeah can actually improve those things so i try and do you know 45 minutes to an hour most days of just some form of light cardio just to yeah help i yeah. mean you know again we all, we, with so many different
1: conditions, and in this case, Crohn's disease, interesting to have this conversation. Yet again, you hear so many kind of doctors saying if they could prescribe the benefits you get from exercise. So many people, you know, they'd be giving that pill to so many people. We're very yeah. lucky that we live in a job where we're active and we know a lot about training and fitness and we can kind of really 100%. integrate and try. So, I mean, you, you said that you got diagnosed when you were 19. Mm. When so, and you were always being active, I presume, up to that point, or then did you decide, now, you know, I know what I'm dealing with, I really see the benefit in being active, and I'm going to pursue a career in fitness. I mean, is that what got you into fitness? No, fitness? it was...
0: Um, I mean, I was always a sporty kid, so, like, I was first football team, like, captain tennis team. Shut but- off. Oh, well, right. I, so uh, so well, I toot my own so, horse. So was I, mate. Right. I was a legend, all right? Yeah. Uh, very no, small school. I was, I was very sporty as a kid. Big fish um, in a small pond. Yeah, yeah. I could have done big things, but... <laughs> <laughs> I blame my <laughs> parents. Uh, <yeah. laughs> um, no, essentially, I was always very sporty, and then, like, um, you... Well, I was second year of university when I got diagnosed, like, at the beginning of second year. And what were you um, studying? I was studying criminology. So law and crime. It all makes sense now. (laughs) I was going to be a criminal. Uh, (laughs) trying to understand the system. Now I just look like one. (laughs) Um, Learn the system
1: so you can beat the system. Okay.
0: But no, um, I think like I was. Then I was always into the gym. Like as soon as I was allowed in the gym, I was in the gym. So from the age of fifteen, I was training. Um, I think as I slowly read more and learned more about my condition it progressed into sort of like a I learned more about nutrition because I wanted to understand how better to help my body because there was a point early on where I would try and play sports again my body just wouldn't perform like it used to and it was so frustrating and that added to the depression actually there was a moment like I think I was playing a game of tennis with my dad and I just like after about two games I just felt faint I couldn't do it I was you know and it was really frustrating as a, you know, a fit nineteen-year-old suddenly like really struggling with something simple. I was just like, so it it definitely developed my intrigue for nutritional yeah. studies. Um, it's funny you mention that, Chris. I've actually written down here
1: one of my questions that. Eating for energy, performance and recovery are things that most people anyway struggle with.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but when you're living with Crohn's disease, I was going to ask you, what systems do you now, with all that knowledge in place, have to implement to get this right? So there might be people listening to this who, again, yeah. they want to play sport, they have Crohn's disease. I mean, what systems work for you that might
0: potentially work for others? It's, it's a really complicated one, to be honest, because you're having to balance, you know, predominantly most people with Crohn's, we have a bad digestive system. Obviously, the more you learn about nutrition, you're like, yes, all the fruit, all the vegetables, you know, health, you know, what you think of as health is fruit and veg. Yeah. It's probably two of the hardest things to digest. So someone with a faulty digestive system,
1: Mm.
0: you pack us full of fruit and veg, we're going to struggle. Yeah. So it's really quite hard of balancing the micronutrients you need to help your body perform Mm. with sort of like actual mechanical digestion. Um, quite often, in times of a flare up as it were, they put you on a low residue diet, which is sort of like the you know the least amount of fiber and the least amount of so I end up eating just like rice Krispies because yeah. you know, it dissolves yeah. into nothingness my body is so when you getting, say f- yeah. so you say a flare up what what happens during a flare up so crohn 's disease is a um, is a disease that re- re- uh, it, it flares up and then goes into remission. So you have bouts of a flare-up where it's active, as it, it were.
1: Is there certain triggers for this, or it's just part of the cycle?
0: It, no, um, there are triggers for it, but it is sort of... It's, it's not on a cycle as in the sense of, like, but when yeah, a lady's menstrual cycle. No, 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 but I mean in terms of, you know, like you have certain people who
1: have um, issues that... Um, again, emotional stress issues that related to their nervous system that flare up various symptoms, and it can be a
0: cycle of life events, whatever it might be. To be honest, I mean, yeah, to be honest, like, I can usually, like... you Flare-ups, for me, are quite often caused by stress, whether it's... Yeah, this is what I mean. ...being too tired, whether it's emotional stress. I do feel like it's usually emotional stress. Um, or just, you know, to be honest, like, you can get a flare-up just out of nowhere. I have had flare-ups where I just, it's blindsided me because I'm like, yeah, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. But usually it's when you're a bit run down, like, um, and that's when your disease is more active. So it flares up. So then you have more, you know, of the side effects that accompany Crohn's disease. So you, you
1: say that it can be triggered by stress and emotional states. In that case, this is something I didn't know again that's just occurred to me. Are part of your management tools alongside exercise and nutrition are some of the mindfulness techniques, say? Hey?
0: Um, I am... I, If you look at me, you'd probably think, that man doesn't do yoga. And you'd be correct. <laughs> that man doesn't do yoga. I've tried. Yeah, I have quite a short temperament.
1: Um, but, but in terms of when you feel yourself getting stressed... I
0: do, like, I'm quite a... I'm quite, um, I'm quite a calm person in general. I find like, because of what stress does to my body, it has taught me to be more relaxed over the years. And just, I have that sort of like, fuck it approach in the sense of like, there's no point in stressing over something I can't control. There's no point in stress. You know, like, yeah, just try that. and step away from it. because It's a hard skill to acquire that. It is, yeah. but when you have such bad responses to stress, it actually is quite easy to learn. Yeah, true. Because you're like, if I'm really going to get overstressed about that, I'm actually just going to end up in, in hospital. Yeah. So you have this, again, I would talk about this kind of emotional belief in something. There's certain things that we believe because
1: we've learnt the theory of it, or whatever it might be, or we've read the book, but until you have an emotional deep belief in something sometimes you know, that intent won't be actioned out, so if you truly believe that it's not worth getting stressed about something because of the repercussions for you physically, you just won't let that stress happen.
0: Yeah, just sort of like, you walk away from it, sort of yeah. thing, but... Um, I love that. So yeah, I, I do actually, I do like, exercise plays a role in my stress management as well. So I will get on the, you know, on the punching bags mm. and let rip for a bit if I feel like Yeah. there's stress in there. It, yeah. Is the best tool for me for yeah. stress relief. I'm not great at sitting there and saying a mantra or oh, no. counting
1: Definitely. numbers or something. I, mean, I think again, I, you know, I'm all I love um, breath work, I love meditation and everything else like that, even though it doesn't feature that regularly in my life at the moment because I've let it slip. But I actually feel that, you know, I suppose it's considered a bit more traditional, but letting turning that kind of negative energy of stress and and, and would it, or frustration, whatever it might be converting that energy into positive energy through exercise is such a great tool and such a great use of it. And actually you look at a lot of the top sports people, people who've done well in yeah, in the world of sport, athletics, right. whatever, you know, they they've they've been chasing something down hard because they're either very angry at something or they've got someone in their sights who they really, really kind of wanna um, you know, do a number on, should we say? <laughs> you you need to get emotional about training is what I'm saying. Yeah, you
0: need a drive. You need a drive and if if um I do feel my training is better when there's something leading up towards yeah. it. You know, I yeah. did the marathon earlier this year which helped sort of you know, push me in my own training. It's quite easy to get a bit placid when you do as much exercise as we do. Yeah. I teach you know, seven or eight classes a week which I do. Mm. That would be enough for, that would be more than enough for most people. Yeah. So, someone not, would be getting their class pass membership yeah. money's worth if they were doing yes, that. Yes, exactly. But I do that on top of alongside my own training yeah um, yeah so no it's quite easy to... in your own sessions to be a bit you know lethargic mm. or a bit complacent and not really have a a goal in mind so sometimes <laughs> events like that are quite useful
1: no definitely i agree i think we have our
0: phases our chapters of maintenance
1: even chapters where we drift off a little bit and then we need to we need to introduce chapters
0: of Progress as well, and we need to chase something down. And then to I saw this man on Sunday brunch who Ooh. was doing the workout, and I was like, Yes. Oh, James right. Stilling, yeah? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was very good. He was on this weekend. It's cool. We've got a few more people going on. You should go on. Um, is this through Borg? No, 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 no. It's just one of those things that popped up. This is the thing like every. Actually, I did a podcast interview with someone else the week before uh, with Nick from Go Run Right, and he was like, Anything exciting coming up the next week? And I looked at the diary and it's just like a regular boring week. I was like, nah, mate, you know. But I was talking to him about this whole thing of not knowing what's around the corner in our work because yeah. random things pop up all the time. No, that's true. And then literally, and I said to him, I'm enjoying the universe unfolding and just seeing what happens. And then within a couple of days, I had some really cool, exciting things happen, including my first time on... Um, live national television yeah. which was which was a great experience and he yeah. hasn't become big headed since No, it's, I can just, report. it's just personal growth isn't it you've got to do these things that scare you a little bit that put yeah, you outside yeah, of your 100%. comfort zone um, I'm all for it and, and I honestly think going off on a slight tangent that's where the magic happens in life same with the training when, when you put yourself out of the comfort zone and you start trying to chase down something uh, which you don't know how you can respond to, then often we surprise ourselves yeah. with how we do respond, and then that personal growth comes, etc., etc., etc. Okay, um, moving on to my next Crohn's disease question: um, What advice would you give someone living with Crohn's disease who is looking to get into fitness? So someone might be listening to this who um, who's been diagnosed in the last couple of years and they want to get into fitness. How
0: do they start? Where do they start? It's a tricky one, like, because to be honest, like everyone with Crohn's has it's almost like a different illness because it varies so much. Um, there are people who have had to have so many surgeries through their disease. So it's, it's hard. I, I would say if someone has not had a surgery yet and is just suffering and wants to try and get the exercise in to help improve their condition, then I would start by just... Um, I would start with something simple, like being more active, like doing 15,000 steps a day. Upping their neat. Upping their knee. Um, If they can get to a gym and join a gym, uh, a great way to start, I would usually suggest is like, um, I've, probably the most beneficial would be a sort of three-day full-body sort of split uh, to get some weight training in. Um. Obviously, as you know, the importance of adding weight training to your routine, especially as we as we get older. Yeah. Um. But it also it's very good for, uh, for someone with Crohn's, our body's, our digestive system's not good. You know, we usually end up malnourished. is quite a common problem. Um. Mm. It helps teach your body better to use what you're eating, as it were. Yeah. So, so it makes so, food more functional. Yeah. So and then, if you're, tr- I I feel like it will then help feed back into your, your nutrition anyway. So if you're like, yeah. oh, I'm exercising more, I need to add more of this to my diet. You know, it's sort of it's positive. It social. goes hand in hand. Like yeah, you sort of, you exercise a bit more, you then, taper your diet as such, and then you exercise a bit more, and then your diet cleans up a bit more. I love that. You know, it's sort of, I found that yeah, the more I exercise the more i wanted to learn about nutrition the more nutrition you know mm. the better my nutrition was the more i was able to exercise so it just sort of yeah
1: yeah
0: as you said it, it makes went sense hand in hand. it makes sense i think it's a really good answer because again something i've learned from this is that it is such a very disease different from person to person it's hard like but obviously like you know if that person struggles then you know just doing as i said like cardio really helps my mm. like stomach mm. so quite often in the time of a flare-up and I have the strength or the energy to do weights. So yeah. I will stick to just slow, steady cardio because it's helping my digestive system. It's also, you know, releasing some endorphins. It's mm. helping to get my body moving. I'm getting the benefits of aerobic exercise, you know, mm. like, so brilliant. getting more active will help.
1: And... What happens with Crohn's disease as you progress through life? Does it evolve in any way or does it affect you differently during different chapters?
0: It's a degenerative condition. So meaning as it flares and remits, flares and remits, damage is done. Okay. Progressively. Like the reason why you try and shorten the amount of time in a flare-up and the amount of flare-ups you have is because as you flare, your body is under stress it is causing damage quite mm. often the areas that are sort of uh flaring as it were so you'll have a focal point in the disease mm. usually what happens is scar tissue will form is so that where the surgery in, comes into play where the surgery comes into play because the more scar tissue forms the less functional that bit of the digestive tract will be okay um and quite often parts are removed okay there are obviously different routes to go but a lot of the time like you know you know the more the more you know damage you have done the more surgeries that may need the poorer your quality of life can be i'm not saying it necessarily will be but it could be um but you, i mean how do you feel about you know that degenerative
1: process well visiting? i've always
0: been uh, to be honest one of my biggest fears was always like a, a me bag um yeah I, uh, I had i met someone when i was young who had it and it terrified me. Yeah. Um, you know,
1: yeah.
0: This was way before I had Crohn's. So then I learned that this was a possibility with Crohn's. It mm. absolutely terrified me. Um, I've since actually met my my girlfriend's mother had an alostomy bag fitted quite shortly after I met her. Um, and it was amazing to meet her and hear her side of things and being like, this was actually so nice for her. Mm. Like, I always thought the olostomy bag is a scary, mm. I don't want that sort of thing. And I wouldn't, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't still scared of it. Mm. But having met a woman who was like, she was like, um, it was such a nice change. Like, it was such a good thing for her. She had been in so much pain. She'd been in so much like a debilitated state where she couldn't leave the house. She couldn't do this. The olostomy bag was such a, like a positive for her. So having met someone who had got that mindset, I was like less scared because I was like, if I need to go that route in the future, maybe actually I'll have the same mindset
1: because
0: mm. I'll, I've had to like get to a point where physically I need that. Then maybe actually mentally I'll be ready. Yeah. I'm not ready right now because I guess physically I don't need it. It's incredible the power of sharing experiences, which oh. is hopefully what
1: what's happening through you know this podcast as we speak. But just sharing experiences, how empowering it that is um, to us all. Um, but that's a that's a, an amazing story as well. Yeah. Um, wow, well, Chris. So, final parting advice to anyone listening who lives with Crohn's disease.
0: Um, I always felt that. The best thing I did for me was nutritionally speaking. I did the exclusion diet and I learned better about what my body can tolerate. And when you get the nutrition side on, you know, better, you're able to then live with less pain. Um, And then by living with less pain, you can do more exercise. You can go out a little bit more without fear of the social. Because obviously, with this condition there's quite a few side, fe- side effects that make the social environment quite scary I and mean, it's very easy to become withdrawn and that definitely happened to me. Um, and I feel like w- the nutrition is so important. Um, so, so what happened with the social side you took yourself out of the social side? Sure, oh circles. yeah massively so I just withdrew like I went from being a very outgoing guy to the first few years being very withdrawn being like I wouldn't I'd say no to dinners because I was scared of eating food that I wasn't in control of. Yeah. I was also scared of being outside of my comfort zone, like, <laughs> away from my toilet, as it were. Yeah, you know, it yeah. Was terrifying. Um, yeah. And it plays a huge role, I feel like, especially, like, for if you think of the most part, most people develop it in their late teens. Mm. That's one of the most, you know, sexual... You know, moments of your life. Like, that's when you're starting to well, it wasn't for have me, mate, fun. Mate. Well, I'm yeah, de- for some you people. You develop late, right? <laughs> you're gorgeous now. It's all right. Although you're married, so it for you. I messed um, that one up, didn't I? But so, <laughs> no, yeah, talk. it comes at a time in your life where there's already a lot of pressure on you, there's a lot of insecurities at that age. It just, oh, it hits you. So So, I mean, if you went
1: back. The, the Chris of today, if you went back to see the Chris of 1920
0: what, what advice would you give them? oh i wish I'd, I wish I was braver to talk about it because I think like I suffered in silence, so not only did I not let my friends know what I was going through, so they never understood it, um, I just pushed them away at the same time. Mm. Um, I think like you know I, I wish I'd learned more about the nutrition earlier on so I could just cope with it better at the start if you don't know you know what's triggering it but you continue to do the same things mm. and of course you're getting the same results like so classic quote from einstein or whatever but um you know you, what's, the, what's the classic oh yeah um repeating the same yeah. action expecting a different outcome yeah. is the definition of insanity yeah but like so i could have you know done more at that time had i known more nutritionally speaking a man so hard it was I'd, his... I'd, I'd say the most important thing is talking to the right people about it okay so sharing you know you're not alone because i feel like I, I i massively felt like i was alone i think the numbers of crohn's people have grown so much since then so like there's a bigger community out there mm. but to know that there's a bigger community so the people going through this That can help you or at least Mm. shed light on it Mm. or that at least you're not the only one suffering from this other people have probably got it worse or if Mm. they don't they can at least help you with it i think like it's too easy to withdraw it into yourself and Mm. therefore make things worse because you're not talking to people you're not getting the help you need you're suffering Mm. on your own so talk
1: It's uh, great advice again chris i think and it's like anything when a single moment happens and particularly when you're diagnosed with something like that um you're not in control of the diagnosis but to a certain degree you're in control of the repercussions and how far that ripple effect goes out into the pond so whether you know you letting it affect your, i say letting it because i know it's not that simple but um you know how much it affects your social life and all these other areas um trying to get some sort of control over that by sharing yeah. sharing the problem by communicating with, with people who can help. Yeah, well,
0: like, yeah, it just makes the mental side so much worse if you're not, yeah. right? because then it will affect your social life. Yeah. There's, um,
1: for again, slightly different, but for sports injury, there's this thing called the Kubler-Ross graph. I think you can probably Google that if you haven't heard of it before, uh, anyone listening. But um, it's a graph, basically, when you get injured um, or when you just receive, you know, Bad news uh, with regards to your physical state um, it's a graph that kind of you initially have denial and then you have anger and then it dips down in terms of action so you're doing less action you're almost you know walking away from what needs to be done to get yourself back up and running as you go through these emotional states and finally you get to acceptance, which gets you into um, proactivity and then you eventually end up going right up. And soaring high with action and and but it takes this whole kind of process. And I've always thought when, when you have an injury or something like that, if you look at the graph and you think, oh, where, where about almost look at it quite methodically. Where abouts am I on this graph? Oh, I'm in anger and denial. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of think, actually, do I really want to go through all of these kind of periods of inaction, and frustration, and the elite look, probably. Yeah, yeah. And just be like, do you know what? I'm just going to save myself the effort and go to action. Yeah, and uh, which in this case would be, as you say, you, uh, to talk to
0: people. Yeah. Yeah, why, you know, why have to go through the sort of, like, dread of social, you know, experiences mm. if you can actually talk to people about it, help them understand it, and then maybe, like, you know, they can work around you or you can actually, you know, just get that social from somewhere else.
1: Like, you'd probably be amazed how, like, helpful um, people will be and how giving they'll be with their time and their and their love to you as well, like anything. that, in my experience... You know, whenever you share a problem with people who you respect and care about, the the love and support you get back is always, you know, overwhelming.
0: Well, I'm like, it's uh, I'm I follow a a page on Instagram now that's like people, you know, they just post their questions about drones And what's that? What is that? Can you do you know? I the can't address? remember it. Um, we'll get it into the the notes. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's really great. Like people will literally write down like. Has anyone been on this medication? What were their findings with it? So that ah, people cool. have an idea of, like, or does anyone know of a protein powder you can take if you have Crohn's or something? You know, s- simple stuff like that. But it's quite nice to just be able to feedback sometimes, like, especially on the, like, fitness side of these oh, things. Yeah. I can... I think um,
1: again, uh, social media gets so much bad rap, but I just see so many positive things people there are, sharing yeah, experiences.
0: From it. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's so many positive. You know, if you look in the right places, and if you if you if you if you follow accounts that serve you as opposed to yeah. the opposite. Um, <laughs> but again, that's a whole different podcast, a different day. Um, do you know? What? I've really loved this chat. Um, both from a personal level, I've found it massively informative, and um, yeah, I, mean, I know a lot more about you now than I did. 40 minutes ago just when we started this conversation. just from your jump. I love this I, I, I intrigued Chris we, we got to know each other a little, a little bit over the last uh, year or two but yeah you're definitely a guy who who's got le- levels and layers and there's <laughs> you peeling was, me back I'm gonna calling say, me an onion <laughs> I was gonna say there's more to you than meets the eye but there's not because there's so much that meets the eye as well as <laughs> so, that, that that expression doesn't quite this work the nicest thing you've ever said <laughs> and we're going to finish the podcast in the way that I finish every podcast and yesterday I asked you to send me what your favorite song of the moment is it doesn't have to be your favorite song in life ever but just currently what tune is doing it for you and I was a little bit surprised, Chris. I'm a, bit, I'm a, I'm
0: a big fan of Ed Sheeran.
1: I so. was surprised, but um, <laughs> again, this is all part of the beauty of Chris Barker, full of surprises. Um, yeah, so it was Ed Sheeran, South of the Border. Yes. Um, I'm going to read you one of the verses now, which I obviously Googled and checked out the lyrics for. And then, and then um, we'll take it from there. So,
0: I, mean, I just like it because it's Ed show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're going so deep. No, you're locked in you're now. You're going way too deep. This me. is what
1: this is this this, this feature is like. I, I want to know what subliminally goes on with okay. the music that you listen. And some people, some guests, like Joel last episode was like, um, I never listened to the lyrics. I have no idea. And I'd be like, But why? Tell me why. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I like but the, the tune. I think it's me. This song and this tune. I think it's quite straightforward. I know what's going on with you with this one, Chris. So oh, okay, Hit um, me it with says, your wisdom, <laughs> so. Join me in this bed that I'm in and push up on me and sweat, darling. So I'm going to put my time in. I won't stop until the angels sing. Jump in that water, be free. Come south of the border with me. Jump in that water, be free. Come south of the border with me. Now, Chris, tell me, this is just one big euphemism, isn't it?
0: I just got an erection (laughs) while she was
1: saying. that. It's absolute filth. (laughs) <laughs> Your favorite, you're a Randy man. That's what this song tells me about you. Correct? I, I feel like you're reading it all wrong.
0: <laughs> it's just the a good angels. Tune. I mean. You okay.
1: So it has a kind of heavenly quality to it.
0: I see. Oh God! I don't know. I didn't know the lyrics. Yeah, I know. I know.
1: I I, I I feel like you're going
0: deep where deep is not needed.
1: I think it's an Ed Sheeran song. I think I've gone as deep as I can. But I've I basically I've been listening to the song on to the on the radio and enjoying it myself. Really enjoying it. And then this feature gives me a good opportunity to actually see what the lyric's about. But yeah, Ed, good on your son. Yeah. He's going for it, isn't he? He's, he's properly pushing out these euphemisms and metaphors, sexual undertones. Great, well done, Ed. And we've been enjoying it, so more of the same, please. Yeah, great. Uh, right, Chris, well... Again, thank you so much. We're approaching 45 minutes, which is perfect. Hopefully, from my 15,000 steps, yeah. <laughs> walking around in circles again. <laughs> We're back in the yoga studio because it's tipping it down outside. Uh, but, Chris, massive, massive thanks. Um, anyone listening, if they want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, Predominantly on, on Instagram, it's Christopher Barker PT. Christopher Barker PT. Um, so again if you if you I'm sure there's an
0: underscore in there somewhere, somewhere
1: there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but you you're fine chris even i'll post um uh, you know when this podcast podcast goes out I'll post about it and again if you want to find more out about chris um, get in touch uh, about sorry about Crohn's disease get in touch with chris and um, yeah start the conversation start the community i suppose because it's um
0: i think yeah, quite I powerful people had get I have had together. a few cli- quite a few clients and then i have lots of people message me about it so if you are interested just Slide into my DMs. Naughty boy. In a non-sexual manner. (laughs) That's a shame. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
1: Bye. Okay, this is the outro. The podcast is now finished. But don't hang up the phone yet. I mean, turn off the phone. I mean, turn off the podcast. Because I have one more favor to ask you. If you liked the podcast, which presumably, if you got this far, you did. I did something right. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. And most importantly, please tell all of your friends. Because it's just going to be so embarrassing if no one listens to this. I need you on my side to push this out into the world wide web. Please, Please help, please tell everybody, please. And thank you so much. Write a review. Have you done it yet? Have you written that review? See you next time. Bye. Have you written the review yet?